Everyone has a story. It may not be glamorous or filled with adventure, but it's theirs. Welcome to Lifting with Larry, the podcast that features the unique stories of everyday passengers from the world of rideshare. Welcome to Lifting with Larry, What's Your Story? Today's podcast format is going to be a little bit different. We're right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic as this is being recorded on May 19th. And so there's not a lot of rideshare going on, at least not by me. I decided it would probably be a good time to take a couple months off and kind of avoid having a lot of strange people getting in and out of my car during this pandemic. Don't want to catch anything myself. I certainly don't want to spread anything to my wife or to my kids. So decided it'd be a good time for a little break. So for today's episode, I decided to sit down with four of our children and talk with them about how the pandemic has affected them. They're all at different ages and different points in their school career. So we get a few different perspectives. Today's July 20th as I release this episode. I was hoping to release it a little bit sooner, but I was hoping to let a little bit of time pass after I recorded it and hope that things would get better and we'd have some more answers about this pandemic. But here we are two months later and really don't have any more answers than we did in May. I'm still not driving rideshare right now, but I've switched over to doing food delivery, which is definitely a lot safer right now, I believe, with COVID still going on. Since I'm still not doing rideshare, I plan to sit down for my next episode and talk with my wife and another one of our children, again, about the pandemic and how it's affecting them. My wife's a school teacher, so I think it'll be a really good episode to talk with her about how they're preparing the school, what she thinks is going to happen through the year, and just her general viewpoint on the safety uh, of bringing kids back to school for the school year. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Lifting with Larry podcast, which once again is going to be the Lounging with Larry podcast. We're still deep in the middle of this COVID-19 lockdown. We're not sure when things are going to let up, when things are going to get back to any kind of semi-normal state. So this episode, I want to sit down and talk with uh, some people who are in different situations or different school grades, uh, or different uh, having different situations. And just talk with them about how this whole lockdown and COVID-19 has affected them. So this first segment, I'm going to be talking with my son and my daughter, Dakota and Lindsay. So Dakota is a repeat... Offender. <laughs> well, that too. But <laughs> he's a repeat uh, guest on the show. He's the first person we've had back for a second time. So I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out. And Lindsay, my daughter, this is her first time on the show, so welcome to the show, and welcome Hi. back to the show. Thanks. How y'all doing? Good. Doing well? Yeah, Good. doing okay. Good. So, Linz, uh, we'll start off with you. So, this whole COVID-19 lockdown, I don't even know what week we are in it now. They just, the days seem to run together, the weeks seem to run together. Sometimes it's hard to remember what month it is even now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're probably on like week what nine i don't know something like yeah, that yeah something anyway, like that uh we're recording this in the middle of may uh, as as the lockdown continues but things are starting to open back up a little bit here in kentucky uh we're i think f- behind some of the states as far as opening things back up but even here i know they i just read while to go they're opening up like parks i think tomorrow and some different I didn't things know that. yeah they just came out i believe i just i just got a text a few minutes ago so yeah, so Lindsay, tell us, tell us your kind of your background first of all. Uh, where are you at um, as far as your situation in life? How old are you? 
Um, well, I'm 17, which means I'm like the prime age of graduate, not the prime age, but like I'm at the age where I'm graduating high school. So you were a senior this year. Yeah. I technically graduated back in December. So I've had like this free semester off. So I haven't really missed much of school. The only thing I'm missing is my actual ceremony, which kind of is a bummer. Right. Because your ceremony was supposed to be held when? Uh, May 23rd. May 23rd. And you go to... South Warren. South Warren yeah. High School. And, yeah, you were, uh, even though you were done with your classes back at Christmas time, I know you were really looking forward to the actual graduation ceremony itself. Mm-hmm. I know we were excited when we ordered your gown. Yeah. And then we got that in. And now we're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Talk about kind of what are some of the options that they've laid out as far as what they're going to do related um, to graduation. As of right now, they're doing a video. Like, the main ceremony is going to be a video of, like, all the graduates' names and, like, where they're going and how much, like, scholarship money they've received and, like, if they're going into the, like, military or what exactly they're going to do. But I think, from what I've heard, they're going to have an actual, like, in-person ceremony sometime later in the year, if that's even possible. But they're also, like, just doing a whole bunch of tributes on Twitter and, like, a collage of all the senior photos and their cap and gowns in order to like, Hey, congrats to the class of 2020. I saw some of those on Instagram. Uh, I don't know. I guess the beginning of this week, I started seeing some of the pictures from South Warren high school, which is, so they're trying to do, I guess kind of as much as they can virtually some of the stuff that they would do in a normal graduation, like say where they, they kind of announce what scholarships you've won or, or if you're going into one of the military services and things like that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, hopefully they'll be able to actually have the in-person graduation. I know they were talking about if they can do it before like August 2nd or 3rd, I mm-hmm. believe, is the dates they were saying. So that hopefully they'll be able to have something. But even then, it's probably going to be different than what they normally have. Oh, absolutely. Have. I don't think they're going to jam you know, 12, Thousands of people into Diddle Arena. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, not in the next few months at least. So how does, that, how does that make you feel as a graduating senior? I mean, I'm bummed out like everyone else, but if it means that, like, it's going to be safer for everyone and if it means that, like, more people are, are at less at risk for getting COVID, I mean, I guess it's the right thing to do. Right, and they canceled you know, a lot of things uh, here toward the end of the school year. I know all the sports have been canceled. Prom, of course, got canceled. Uh, I know you. I don't think you were thinking about really going to prom as much this year as you did last year. I mean, it would have been nice to go to prom, but it wasn't necessarily on my list. I just wanted to do it at least once before I graduated. Right. So I decided to do it last year and just and get it out. Turned out turned out to be a good yeah. good thing you did, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you don't wait till the last second for mm-hmm. things because you never know what's going to happen. I still have my prom dress. Right. And so, so you would be you'll be gra- you you know you'll be graduating. Um, I don't know if you say you already have graduated or you're going to graduate. I don't know how they're, you know, what tense they're putting in at this point. I mean, personally, I consider myself already graduated just because I I haven't been in school since December. Right. I guess you're not, in their terms, not technically graduated until you have your diploma. Right. So they were talking about, yeah, I know at one time they were talking about having like a drive-through graduation where you drove through. Um, That would be kind of strange, but... Mm -hmm. Hopefully this will work out with uh, doing the online graduation and then maybe doing an in-person thing a little bit down the road. Yeah. 
So since you're graduating this year, what are your plans after high school, after the summer? Um, after the summer, I plan on going to Murray State University, which is very exciting. It's about two hours away from here. So it's far enough away so that I can get the college experience while also being close to my family. And I'm majoring in graphic design. And maybe, like, not starting off, but later in the year, I might double major in computer science, which is exciting. I'm going to be a video game. I want to be a video game designer, per se, but I just want to help create video games just somewhere along in the process. Gotcha. Just contribute somewhere. Yeah. Gotcha, though. That's exciting. What attracted you to Murray besides the fact, you know, the, the distance part? Um campus was really like i just like the layout of campus it's flatter than western no offense to anyone who goes to western pretty much anywhere yeah um everyone just seemed really nice there it was like a smaller school which i kind of wanted i didn't really want to go to a school of western size i didn't want to go to like a super small school yeah it's kind of a nice medium size yeah. uh it's not not tiny you know like a high school campus yeah but it's not a huge and also it's like one of the campuses i really knew about before like besides western and uk and louisville it was like one of the only schools that i really like knew a lot about growing up what schools did you look at when you were looking at universities um i only kind of looked at like three personally it was murray berea college and middle tennessee university okay so during this pandemic and this lockdown how how's your day-to-day life kind of changed what was going Um, on in your life during when when the lockdown started happening honestly not a lot i mean at the very beginning of like lockdown i was working at canes i only worked there for two weeks before you and two weeks or three weeks about two weeks i think i thought it was i thought maybe it was three but it was from like march 7 march 16th to like the first week of april so it was about three weeks actually Mm -hmm. So I was working at Cane's for a while, and it, besides that, it really hasn't changed. I wasn't really going anywhere beforehand. I was just kind of hanging out and doing my own thing since sure. I graduated. Yeah, so you worked there for a couple of weeks, and then you were starting to talk about it. Your mom and, uh, and I kind of decided that it would probably be the best thing for you to just go ahead and, and stay home yeah. and work, not work. Um, mm-hmm. I know we didn't – I know – your mom has some risk factors that would not be good mm-hmm. if she came down with it. And also, Ben, um, also, you know, your bonus brother has diabetes, which would not, yeah, that would, would not, not be a good situation well. for him either. So we just thought it was kind of best. Yeah. Uh, and I know you were kind of torn about it. I know you enjoyed the, making the money. Mm-hmm. It was your first real job, and it was nice bringing home that paycheck, yeah. especially that real one, nice that paycheck. second one. <laughs> um, but I think you also were, were kind of glad not to be putting yourself at at more risk Mm -hmm. yeah so you're you're what's your day-to-day uh like during lockdown well i usually wake up around like 11 30 or 12 30 i usually play animal crossing for a little while love that game so much they like nintendo really made a good idea it's so popular i read about it everywhere releasing it when they did because it was literally like a few days before like lockdown quarantine happened 
Yeah, I've seen lots of articles about like parents having to go buy their own. Yeah. So because they get hooked on it, seeing their kids and, and playing a little bit with their kids, and they want their own game, so they go buy their I own Switch. I highly <laughs> recommend it for anyone who doesn't have it. I it's a very expensive game. It's like sixty dollars, really? but it's definitely worth it. It will definitely give you like some just something to do in your free time. I'm gonna have to try it out sometime just yeah. to see what the big attraction is. Mm-hmm. I've never never played it or never really watched it. I so. I have. Uh, old Nintendo DS with New Leaf on it if you ever want to try it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to do that it's for kind sure. kind of the same deal. Try that out this weekend. Yeah. Right? That'd be fun so I can get a taste of what the what the attraction is anyway. Mm-hmm. And I keep reading about these developers. Like I know I read today about uh, some kid, he was like, I don't know, maybe 18 or 20, and he developed some website that deals with the currency. Yeah. And it's and already, he made, he made it like a month ago and it's getting like, it's already gotten like six million hits or something. Yeah, there's website. this website called Nookazon that people use to like trade different. That's it. That's like, what I was reading. Nookazon, yeah. Oh, it's a lifesaver, honest to God. Really? <laughs> I've used it a lot to like get specific furniture sets and like even villagers. Like you can trade villagers that you want. Like especially like these two villagers named Raymond and Marshall for some reason are like super popular. I personally don't see it. It's just a squirrel and a cat, really. But people just, like, love those villagers so much and would do, like, anything to get them on their island for some reason. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly the, the side I was reading about today. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I feel like they have a name for the practice of selling and trading people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. I mean, they're not people. They're animals, but... Oh, oh that's okay. <laughs> animals, okay. Right, you're just that's a, still bad. A but... typical Joe Exotic, I guess. So, yeah, I wonder if he's making... Uh, Making a lot of money with his website. Probably. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you don't actually, like, spend your, like, real-life money on it, but you can spend these things called bells, which is, like, the in-game currency for Animal Crossing. You can also buy these things called Nook Mile tickets, which help you, like, go to other islands and recruit villagers or get resources. So is is, is there any opportunity to spend real money? Can um, people spend real money on the game? I mean... Besides, like, purchasing the actual game and buying um, the Nintendo online membership That's that it. you can use okay, to, like, so go to... Okay, so there's not in-game purchase stuff. No. Okay. But people do actually spend, like, real-life money to, like, get certain things that they can get in-game, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, they buy stuff off of eBay, and then someone comes to your island and drop off money or something like that. So, I want to get your thoughts on how the whole pandemic's being handled was, uh, you know, from, from the federal level and the state level and even, you know, here in Bowling Green. I think obviously like no one knows what to do or no one knows what's the best thing to do because we've never really dealt like something dealt with something like this before. Right. But personally here in Kentucky, I think we're opening way too early. I think we at least need to wait another month just because like, I feel like, opening in may like you're still seeing quite a bit increase in cases i think it's just too early to open up because people are still not taking precautions yeah just today i read that warren county had i think it was 72 new cases just here in warren county Mm -hmm. which is a lot and i know again a lot of that's because we're doing uh you know testing a lot Mm -hmm. of testing but um that just seems like a lot to me (laughs) here here in, in Aren't we the county. second county in the entire United States? Right now, I believe we are, as far as the rate of new cases. Um, obviously, not the number, but the rate, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I read that today. 
So, got to get to number one, right? We're not losers, Dad. <laughs> got to be number one. Exactly. Exactly. So, as far as here in Bowling Green, do you have any thought on, on how things have been handled? Um, I see a lot of people not taking precautions whatsoever, some of which could be contributed that, like, resources are just out of stock or just there's not enough, but I feel like other people are just not listening as well and just not taking precautions when they should be or they're able to. And, and it's so hard, like you said, nobody knows the right answer, and you can you turn on the TV and within an hour you can hear six different opinions. Yeah. And one person says we're opening way too early, uh, and the next person says we should have opened you know two, three weeks ago. Yeah, a month ago. We're not going to see a second wave or if we do it's going to be very minor and then mm-hmm. you have other people the second wave is going to be worse than the first wave and it's just hard to figure out what to believe mm-hmm. there's so many conflicting opinions out there and what amazes me is how adamant people are that they're right yeah i don't i don't understand how they can feel that positive that what they're you know what they're thinking is is true i but, completely agree yeah so how about as far as kind of nationwide how do you think things are are going honestly probably not that much better i've haven't been really paying attention to the news i'll be the first to say it i should probably be watching the news a lot more but i feel like i don't want to seem offensive i feel like the white house is not doing or not saying the right things to help protect american citizens sure and i mean it's it's like i said it, it is a tough situation um it's going to be interesting to see how it all does play out. Mm-hmm. You know, look back in six months and, and see, you know, what did we, did we open too early or did we, you know, we open when we should have. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say excited, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the fall or right. what's going to change in the fall. Right. And so are you hoping that they start, you know, school actually in person or? Somewhat, yes, just so I can, like, say I got the college experience and, like, lived on campus all four years. But honestly, if if it means I have to stay home for my first semester or my first year just to keep me safe, I'd do it. It's not like I have much of a choice, but if it means I keep other people, not just myself, but other people of my family safe, I'd do it. Yeah, and I know some, you know, parents have even talked about, or, you know, some high school seniors have talked about if things are going to be online, they're going to wait a year. Mm, the, the, I don't, I like don't think that's something that's ever really yeah. crossed your mind. Has it? No, not really. So it's, it can be good and bad. I mean, everybody is different. You know, some people can benefit from a year off and maturing, but I don't, I think you're, you're ready. I think you're ready to start. I feel like taking a year off would just hinder me just getting started in college. Okay, so just what's something that you would want to tell our listeners as far as the pandemic? Just advice or our thoughts or anything like that? Just be careful. I mean, we're trying, personally, I'm trying to stay home as much as possible. Not like I can like go out and drive anywhere without one of you guys, but just stay home if you can and just try to do everything you can just to make sure not only your you and your family are safe, but that others around you are safe as well. You know, you've probably heard of it a thousand times, but it doesn't hurt to say it a thousand more. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely good advice. I know people are going stir crazy and tired of being at home, but really, if if all we're called to do is stay at home, that's a pretty easy sacrifice to make. Yeah. 
it's not like we're having to go off, you know, to fight in a war uh, or, or, you know, something that's uh, just horribly hard to do. Yeah. And I think it's going to be tough as the weather gets better. People are going to want to get out. Because mm-hmm. I think gyms open June 1st, I believe. I think that's right. I'm not sure. There's so many dates as far as when things yeah. are open. Your brother is vigorously nodding his head. I'm sure he's been looking forward to that. Is that correct? Yeah. I know. You've really gotten into a, a good workout routine before all this started, hadn't you? Mm-hmm. I sure had. So, all right, Lens. Um We'll, we'll get back to you uh, probably with another question, but I'm going to move over to your brother now. Right. He's uh, a little bit different situation. So Dakota, tell us where you're at as far as where you're going to school and what year you are and kind of what your situation is. I'm going to NKU studying criminal justice. And I, you know, was halfway through the semester and then we came home for spring break and we're told that we're not going back. Surprise. The rest of the year. So it was a, it was a bit of a shock. You got a few surprises this year from NKU, didn't you? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say uh, them telling us that our dorm was structurally unsound at Christmas time was a, at Christmas time was a was a an interesting thing, right? Yeah, I still remember that when you came out. I was in the living room. You came out, and you were not happy no, at all. No, I really wasn't. And then, right in the middle of Christmas break, they tell you that when you come back, you're going to have to move to another dorm. And yeah. they w- couldn't even tell you which dorm you were moving to or anything like that. Just that your dorm was going to be uh, torn down and you were going to have to move out. So, yeah, that was kind of, kind of a shock. And right. Then again, when you came home for for spring break, this was all just kind of starting to happen a little bit. Um, did you have any clue whatsoever when you came home for spring break that you might not be going back for the rest of the semester? Uh, I did not. I, I did not think it was going to be that bad for sure i don't think anybody really did it was like i said it's hard to remember exactly when everything happened but i think you're at the time of your spring break was was early in march correct yeah it was about like march 8th yeah so that was just when things were kind of starting to it was right before your birthday yeah i believe so yeah right around march 8th Mm -hmm. um yeah, things were just, they were just starting to shut a few things. You know, I think, you know, talking about mm-hmm. maybe like canceling the NCAA tournament, things like that. But stores hadn't been, you know, were still functioning. You know, bars were still open. I think dining rooms closed. Like when I was working at Cane's, like literally my first day, dining rooms closed. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think the first day you were there, I think mm-hmm. they were open, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they and were open, the, but they right, closed. They closed the, at five o'clock yeah. that night or something. Yeah. And then after that, it was all, uh, Either either drive through or or for a while there they could come in the lobby yeah, they and get could it, pick but, up. but then they shut that down as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, so um, yeah, I came home and and got the news. It started filtering down. This school's closed. That school's closed. Next thing you know, all the schools are are shutting down. So, what kind of went through your mind when when you first heard that? Uh, I was pretty upset, of course, but you know, I just took it in stride and I was like, well, this can't do anything about it so just it is what it is just try to adapt to it got my job back at the shelter and i'm still there because i'm classified as an essential worker so i'm working at the animal shelter every day yeah it's really nice the situation that you have with them at that uh bowling and one kind of animal shelter where they they're very receptive to letting you 
pick back up whenever you're home for the summer or for extended break. That's really nice of them. And I, I know they uh, appreciate the work that you do out there. Um, so I know we've, we've talked a lot about it. Um, or I've seen a lot about it in different places around the country where animal shelters have really been just emptied out, but that's not as much the case here in Warren County. Is that correct? Y'all still have a fair amount of animals. Uh, when it comes to dogs, actually that, um, yeah, we we still have plenty of those. But actually, when it comes to cats, we have had a huge surge in cat adoptions. Really? Um, Got to so, get a quarantine buddy. Yeah, we do, we do not have many cats right now, which is uh, good news, obviously. But um, I primarily work with the dogs. So, you know, my, my job is still cut out for me and things haven't really slowed down in yeah. that sense. Yeah, so you've been working pretty steady, and uh, seems like you stay busy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, so you're you're uh, you're a sophomore. Well, you'll be going into your, uh, as a junior next year, correct? Yes. So, what's your thoughts as far as next semester? Kind of, what's your gut feeling? Do you think the semester is going to start out with students back in school? Yes, I do. Do you think it's going to look? the same as it did or do you think there's going to be some kind of modifications to try to do the social distancing honestly i think the most they will do is encourage social distancing but i I don't see them putting any restrictions in place um telling us what we can and can't do but i think they'll be strongly encouraging it yeah It'll be interesting to see. Um, it's hard to imagine right now how they would um, be able to to do you know six foot distance in classrooms, yeah. especially some of the classrooms where you have you know 150 students, especially or like, like nursing school or something like that. That you have to be like hands on with everything. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it will be interesting to see exactly what they're going to do. You know, one day I'll wake up and I, I feel like oh, I think they're going to get things in, enough in control where they can't open the schools and then the next day you might wake up and feel the opposite you know i don't see how they're going to do it since you're still at work how has the kind of quarantine has it changed your day-to-day life uh, much here during the last several weeks i mean i know you've been having to do the online school which is certainly different well like we said uh i i do like going to the gym a bit so you know when that closed that that's really the only effect on my daily life i'd say but um when it comes to work we do have plans and uh protocols in place to keep people as as separated as possible that's good yeah that's good it, it is different i know i went to my actually I had an ear doctor appointment yesterday um and you know the protocol there i had you know, had to when i got there i had to sit in my car and, and text a, a number and let them know i was there and then they text you when the you know when it's empty enough for you to come in and of course they ask you the standard questions that you're going to get asked eight million times over the next few months you know have you been out of the country have you been out of the state have you are you running a fever have you been coughing have you been around anybody who has covid or could have covid 19 you know uh, all these questions and then you go in of course everybody had the mask on and it's you know it's strange to just uh, 
still getting used to seeing air, you know like in a place like that they won't let you in until you have a mask if you don't have one they'll give you a you know a disposable one but then your doctor comes in and it's your doctor and he's got the mask on you know yeah. kind of used to seeing the, my dentist wearing a mask but not my ear doctor quite so much so i think it'll take a little bit but we get used to things pretty quickly and i think you know before you know it we're just going to be used to people wearing masks i know it's not you know the law but i know it's being strongly encouraged here in kentucky what's your thoughts as far as um how things have been handled like i asked lens on on the different levels on on the state level i really like what a governor has done and how he's handled things um i honestly don't really have any complaints about things he's done because uh you know he he's trying to make the best plan possible he he really has no Oh, of course, this is all my opinion, but it it really seems to me that he doesn't have any political agenda for this. He's not using it to attack people who disagree with him. He's not using it to make him seem like a god or some or like he's better than other politicians. He's just legitimately trying to make sure that the citizens of Kentucky are safe, but he's also trying to hear the concerns of everyone like those who say we need to open things up and he'll acknowledge them and say you know i i understand why you feel this way and i do believe he's trying to open things up as soon as is possibly safe but i i do know that he has some reservations about it but then other people will say this is perfect and we need to do it more but then there's also people who say we shouldn't at all and to me, that's the hard thing. How, how do you, you know, how do you take all the factors in and know when it's safe? I don't think you can, really. But but you know, as a as a leader, you, you know, as a governor, you have to make, you have a, decision. To, you have to yeah. make a decision at some point. Yeah. Know, whether that's to stay closed or or to start opening back up, you got to make a decision one way or the other. Right. I I do, I do think the order of him opening things is kind of odd. Um, I, I remember I was looking at the list of when certain places could open. Uh, and he said, in, and he's having g- gyms open up before, uh, I forget, I forget what it is exactly, but some sort of activity that you're definitely not getting as close to people as you would at a fitness center yet fitness centers are opening up before it so i'm not sure behind the reasoning there um yeah and and to me there's so many things you know so many specific things you have to open that i try to in my mind i I try to have a little grace about it and say it would be hard to to itemize or prioritize every single type of industry and get it all right you know to me like like the horse racing opened up was one of the first thing. And, you know, there's people that say, oh, well, that's because horse racing is a big industry here and a lot of money, you know, a lot of money comes to this campaign from, from horse owners. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. <laughs> but it, I think it would be hard to figure out exactly the right order of when to open, you know, different things. Um, and I know he got, recently overruled as far as churches opening you know i think they were allowed to open this past sunday 
I, most of them that I don't know of any in Bowling Green. I'm sure there was probably some, but most of them I know didn't open because they're not ready. And they know they're not ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think most people have enough common sense to do the right thing without, you know, even without being told, uh, which is good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of in a in a slight disagreement with that. I think I think people they, there are more people who who are lacking common sense than people. Some people may think, uh, but it's just it's worrisome because that you know even if there are most people who are out there doing the right thing, it only takes a few people doing the wrong thing that can significantly make this worse like like for example the whole thing of you know i know that there's this explanation going around about the difference between coming like two people coming in contact and neither of them are wearing masks there's like a 95 percent rate of transmission and then if one's wearing a mask it goes down less and then if both of them are wearing a mask it's very very small chance that it's going to get transmitted so you know, just because you're wearing a mask doesn't make you 100% safe because someone else who's not wearing a mask can cause uh, a spread. Right, and that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing that, and they, they, you know, they've, I've heard it, heard them talk about it all the time. You know, when you're wearing a mask, you're not doing it to to keep yourself from getting sick because that's not how it doesn't doesn't do as much that way. You're you're wearing a mask to keep everybody around you safe in case you have it but you're asymptomatic right so you know it's uh, I, I don't understand it i don't understand these people who say i'm never wearing a mask i'll never wear a mask but i you know i read that mm-hmm. i don't know, don't know anybody personally but i, I read it online it's uh, like I, I don't understand the reasoning behind it get one with cool designs on it that makes it a tiny bit better yeah, yeah, you can you can get one, you know there are so many people making masks now that you can find yeah. one with pretty much any design or anything. like I'm getting an Adventure Time one, oh, and really? I have one with arrows oh. on it. That's cool. That's cool. When did you order the Adventure Time? Um, one of Mom's friends is making masks. She's the one that made the arrow one for me. That's cool. She's making me another one. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Go. I saw one that had a wolf on the front of it. So, you should get that one. Yeah, how, like a wolf howling at the moon. I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That's your tattoo. Yep. And yeah, so you're, you know, it's, it's almost kind of a, you know, just a human decency kind of thing. Uh, and what gets me is, is you see these people, they're like so adamant on each side, you know, you get the people that the conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, you know, theory people that they say this is really not a thing. <laughs> you know, like I the pandemic, I that video. Yeah. I, I, I don't see how, you know, that, that can, that can be going on um but then then you have people that i think want to keep it closed until there's absolutely no chance of anybody ever catching it and and we can't do that either yeah because all of lot i mean also every day in life we we're surrounded by risk and and things uh and there's always going to be people that are catching things and, and dying so that's to me again. That's that's where it's hard to balance things and figure out what's the right point. You know, what is the the point where, um, where we have to have to, you know, make that decision to start opening back up and start start trying to do things. Um, it's just really. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make those decisions. I also think a lot of people are getting slowly opening things back up and going back to normal 
like I believe those a lot of people think those are the same thing, mm-hmm. which are completely not. But my fear is, especially like here in Kentucky, there's already so many people without like the proper protection against COVID that once things start opening back up, they're just going to completely disregard any safety precaution. I have that same fear. I think people will just want want to get back to completely this, the way it used to be. That you know, want, as soon as things start opening up, they're they're just going to want to rush back to to back the way things. Used and we to just be. can't do that. No, I, not and not be safe. You know, for sure. Uh, I think life's going to look very different over the next few years, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if we manage to get a handle on this thing, which, you know, there's no guarantee that's going to happen anytime soon. You know, they hope to get a vaccine in the next year or two, but they can't say for sure whether that's going to yeah. happen or not. And even if we did, what's to say that something else doesn't come along? Because we've had them in the past. We mm-hmm. had SARS. We had H1N1. And luckily, those weren't as easily transmittable. So they were able to contain them. And we had... Well, this one transmits This transmits much, so easy. Yeah. And so... Transmits through anything pretty much so not anything but you know, I think through, it's very easy to transmit is what i meant until to say. there's a vaccine this thing will never is not it's not going to go away we don't have any hopes of it dying out like we did with some of those other ones where they were able to contain it to a certain population and if you can contain it long enough then it then it just doesn't it just dies out and this is just transmits too easily mm-hmm. and i just don't think that's going to happen when was the sars outbreak I would have to look that up. Mm. Time runs together so much. Uh, Especially now. Yeah. It does, yeah. yeah today, and it's hard to tell what day it is a mm. lot of times now, even though I'm still working every you know every day. Uh, it's working from home, and yeah. it just makes it makes it a little harder. To, and you sit in a room for seven hours or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is very different. So, Dakota, is kind of what's one thing you think you've maybe learned from this whole experience so far, this pandemic, and just how, you know, this whole whole change of society. Um, and Lindsay, I'm going to ask you the same question, so we're thinking about it. You know, it just has sort of opened my eyes to how, like, I, I knew this already, but... Uh, it just sort of confirmed it in my mind is how no ma- no matter what happens and no matter what the common goal is, there are always going to be people out there who do not have common sense or who will argue against the right thing to do or will make something up and turn something into something it's not and then cause confusion or spread misinformation to people it's disappointing to know that you know there's probably never going to be a time in which everyone can come together and figure out a plan um there's always going to be people messing things up but it does give me hope i feel like that this is going to be a big learning experience for us. So next time something happens, whether it's a disease or some other kind of disaster, I feel like we, we, we will be more prepared for it in one way or another. I surely hope so. Me too. And I think a lot of that depends on how far, how much time goes in between it. The farther you get away from it, you know, I think the less, 
the less we remember it and the less prepared we're going to be. Because it's just like this, you know, New York State had a huge uh, shortage of, of the mask or the ventilators. Well, well, they bought thousands of them several years ago just preparing for a pandemic. But then they didn't have enough money in their budget to uh, – you have to service them and keep them working. And so they sold them. Wow. And then something like this happens, and all of a sudden you're, we need masks, we need, you know, we mm-hmm. need ventilators. So, so Lynn's asked you the same question. What's one thing, kind of observation or something that you've learned? It just shocks me how much or, like, how crazy the – like American citizens act in a crisis like this. Cause like, I don't like bring this up, but like, I'm going to bring it up. Um, I wasn't alive during nine 11. That was like a huge ordeal, but so like, I haven't really experienced like a huge crisis like that, but just watching what's going on and like how people react to something like this. is just really like amazing to watch. It's kind of fun in a weird way, not fun, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just odd to watch how many people are, like, not freaking out, and then a lot of people freaking out, and then just people doing nothing, and people just having fun in their own house. Yeah, some people you look at, you know, and you would not know that anything was going on different than than their yeah. normal everyday life. And then you have other people that, you know, really, really freaking out about, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen, what the future is going to look like. So, uh, again, I'll ask both of you this, and I'll start with you, Lens. What do you think, as far as being, you know, being a young young person, getting ready to start college, what's your outlook on the future? Do you think, uh, do you feel like it's a bleak future? Do you feel like it's a bright future? Do you think we're going to, you know, how do you think we're going to come th- through this? What's it going to look like on the other side? That's a very tricky question. It is. It's yeah. a, I believe it's going to be kind of bleak for a while, at least for a few years. Until we finally learn how to contain it and how to cope with all the loss that we've had. And the economic devastation. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to take us a while to get completely back to normal, obviously. But I think it's also going to take a while to just, like, be happy and just live a normal life. I think it's going to take it's going to take a while to get us to the end of the tunnel. But you're confident that we will? Yeah. Just way down the line. Okay. What about you, bud? Well, you know, obviously this isn't the end of the world. Um, it would have to be a much more deadly disease for it to be the end of the world. But, uh, I mean, I'm not too too optimistic about the future, but that's just because I'm, uh, you know, a, a huge advocate of uh, climate change awareness. And uh, I am worried about the effects of climate change. Uh, and I, I don't feel like enough people are taking it seriously enough yet. And by the time they do, it may, it will probably be too late. Now, I, I'm not saying that the world's going to end in 12 50 years, years yeah. even um, 12, 50. Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to live a, a full life um, without seeing... You know, a, a major earth-shattering disaster. I don't think it's going to be apocalyptic by 2100. Um, but but I do think there needs to be changes done in order to secure a, li- a good life for, you know, my children or my grandchildren, so on down the line. 
And that's one of the interesting things. I know I've read some articles um, where they've talked at different places in the world of how much uh, how pollution has disappeared because there's you know hardly any cars on on the road anymore and factories are shut down. So I know, like in one part of India, um, these people are seeing the mountains for the first time mm-hmm. in a generation because the smog is gone. Yeah, I mean, people in China are figuring out for the first time that the sky is blue <laughs> in its natural state. Heard, you know, I've heard in Venice like a lot of the water has cleared up. Right. So you can I actually like too. see the bottom. <laughs> I read that as well. So I'd love to go to Venice once this clears up, obviously. But yeah, maybe maybe in a few years. Yeah, maybe in a little while. Because yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what air travel looks like. How fast people yeah. return to you know uh, big time air travel. I know there are people who have to for work and different yeah. things, but a lot of a lot of it is optional and for you know vacations. You know, this so many things are going to be changed. But it, it's good that um, it's good to sit down and talk with you guys about this and kind of get your thoughts on it and how it's affected you and kind of what your outlook is on it. I think my personal view, I think we have a lot of smart people out there, a lot of dumb people too. <laughs> Hopefully the smart people will be the ones making the decisions. And I think we'll come through it. And as, as big as as this is, to us, because it is, it's the biggest thing that I've gone you know, through in my life, uh, and certainly you guys have gone through the biggest global situation. You know, back there's always been things people have have had to worry about. Whether it was back during the days of the Vikings, you had to worry about you know somebody slitting your throat, you know, killing you, or what you know during during other times. Um, black plague the, the right exactly you you had to worry about the plague and you know millions of people were dying they had most of europe yeah not you know nearly the resources that we have today or during you know during the world war over you know, if you were living in england at the time you were getting just constantly bombed and you had to worry about that so there, i think there's always things and we don't realize how you know how big those were because it's just something we read about in the history book and you know 200 years from now people will be reading about this in a history book and it won't seem as big I'm sure to them as something that they're going through or dealing with but I have confidence that we'll come through it I think there will be a lot of innovations that come out of this there's going to be to me the economic devastation is going to be just tremendous I don't think we can even fathom that yet there's going to be places closing down for a long time and and, you know a lot of them will never open back up but also during times like this there are there are innovations. People think of new ideas, new ways to do things. Completely new businesses will new ways out. to have fun new by ways, themselves. Exactly. I know one of the things that I've seen and I've uh, done a few times. In all these places are open up. You can do virtual tours of museums or national parks, which is really cool because as as much as you know, it's not the same as being there, obviously. But there's a lot of these places that I will never get to in my lifetime. But at least I get a chance to experience them. They've opened those up to people now because of this. Like you were talking about the Cincinnati Zoo to me before the podcast, like right. how they have like weekly live streams. Yeah, and they may do it daily. I know on Wednesdays they have like a, it's called the Wednesday Safari, and then I know they had one day it was all it was a program. It's all about it was all about uh, you know the baby animals. So yeah, I'm sure there's tons of places that are doing things like that. And one thing that I you know, I'm super glad about is uh for the technology that we do have during this day i mean just think if it would have been 50 years ago and we had no cell phones we had no internet we had no 
there is no video conferencing. You're stuck at home with, you know, two channels on the TV, and you know that that'd be about it. Now we have X A E A twelve, or <laughs> however you pronounce it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, well. Once again, uh, Dakota and Lindsay, thank you so much, Dakota. Thank you for being my first repeat guest on the show. That's pretty cool. Having my you. son be the my first repeat guest, and Lindsay, I, I've been looking forward to getting you on the show for a while, and this seemed like a really good chance to do that so yeah. thanks for sharing your ideas no problem i'm going to take a short break and then we'll be back later with uh some more of the round table discussion about covid19 welcome back to lifting with larry now as my guest i have two of my bonus sons here i have ethan and ben and we're just gonna be talking guys you know kind of about how this whole pandemic has affected everybody so first of all welcome to the show glad to have you all on finally glad to be here all right so uh we have so many kids that are spread out in different, you know, different ages and different grades. And so we just thought it'd be good to um, just kind of see how, how the pandemic has affected them in different ways. So, Ethan, um, I guess we'll go ahead and start with you. Tell us just a little bit about your background, kind of where you're at in life and what was going on at the time, I guess, when the pandemic kind of hit. Yeah, so I was a junior in college. So now that the semester's over with, I'll be going on to my senior year at the University of Kentucky. Um, so it was right before spring break in March, I think it was March 13th when we got the email that our classes will be online for two weeks. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, it's going to be a lot longer than two weeks. Um, and then from that point forwards, you could kind of feel the atmosphere change, especially on campus. Um, we we're just finishing up with midterms and I was kind of planning ahead is how is this thing going to lay out? Because we were seeing the news reports in China and then now we're seeing a little bit of a spread coming in the United States. I was really trying to just plan ahead for the future. I started to bring all my stuff home because I knew that this was going to be a lot longer than two weeks um, and was trying to prepare myself for the online courses that were to come. And then I also had a lot of questions that were unanswered at the time. Um, so yeah, just a lot of uncertainty and worry. Um, we we're also in our lacrosse season, my brother and I, and that got cut short. And I remember at the time we were saying to ourselves, like, what the heck is going to happen? Um, so just a lot of uncertainty and wor- worry brewing up a nice little storm um, during the middle of March. So, yeah. So when you first came back, I know you thought it was going to be longer than two weeks. But did you really think in your mind that it was going to be the rest of the semester? You know, I just kind of had a hunch. And after talking to my mom, we, we, were, we, were, watching, we were watching the news. We are playing it out. I had a friend that was in Italy. He was doing a study abroad program. And... I saw how it was playing out in Italy. I mean, firsthand, I was FaceTiming him every other day. Um, he was already locked down there. You couldn't leave his dorm room. Um, he was restricted to travel for a month. And I was didn't think that the United States was going to be any exception. And here we are now. I mean, two or three weeks later, we were put on executive order, stay at home, all that stuff. So um, I would like to say yes without tuning my own horn a little bit. Um, but that's definitely with just... You know, having my buddy so far away, um, him firsthand experiencing that, and then also just trying to have that hindsight. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely took us um, first spin. Yeah, Italy was especially, it seems like, one of the hardest hit countries at the first part of this. And the news footage we were seeing from over there looked horrible. I mean, they were talking about having to ration out care and picking who was going to get treated and who wasn't going to get it treated. And that was just so hard to imagine. We've never had anything like that happen here in the United States in our lifetime, thank goodness. And hopefully we never will. But, yeah, it was definitely a 
definitely an eye opener when things started closing down. I, I remember the probably the first thing that really kind of grabbed my attention. I was at lunch with some guys, uh, some friends of mine, and they canceled the NCAA tournament. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, this is big. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is this got to be big. And then the second thing, when I started seeing Waffle House is closed because they never <laughs> close. And you know, if Waffle House is closing, you know it's a big, big deal. <laughs> you got a crisis on your hands. <laughs> exactly, something bad is getting ready to happen. Uh, so you moved home and uh, moved back home and, and started doing the online school. Uh, how's that been going for you? I know you're finally you're wrapped up now, but how how what did you think? I guess of the online classes. Personally, I did not enjoy it. I think it took away from majority of the learning that happened in the classroom. Um, I had a few really good professors that I enjoyed going to the class and the lectures that they gave in particular, I was sat pretty close to the front and I really took in that stuff, especially because now I'm a junior going to my senior year. Um, a lot of that material is really important for me and my personal development. Um, so now that once it transitioned to online, we are getting these PowerPoint with voiceovers and we weren't getting what the quality that we would have when we were in person. Um, so right then and there, I mean, that was just a huge blow. Um, and then by the time everything was over, we finished up our finals two, like two weeks ago. Um, I mean, it was really just trying to get through, um, making sure that you got your assignments done. But you just I feel like everyone kind of knew that everyone's trying to just stay afloat and just get through it. And then hopefully we can turn in the fall. So did it just seem like you were being assigned busy work just to because they had to assign you some things yeah i think i mean there's the syllabus is pretty um well laid out between all my courses like there's definitely a clear direction that you go especially if you've taught that class multiple times from a professor standpoint so there was still like we were still on track but just how we did things was totally different and i think you know we did the best of what we had and that's all you really can do um but it's still just I would not want to do it again. Um, online classes, I've taken like one or two during the semester. And those are normally the ones where I care about the least and I feel like I actually don't get anything out of them. Like I'm just, I all right, this is going to count towards my graduation. So I'm just going to take them and, you know, be done with it. But the classes that I really enjoy are the ones that I go to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I sit and lecture and I'm able to have conversation with other people. You know, there's, there's so much benefit out of being in person. Um, and then when you lack that, I didn't even feel like I was at school anymore. I would just, I had another assignment or I had another thing to do on my computer screen. And once I got that done, then, oh man, I have another one. Um, that's kind of how it felt. I didn't feel like I was actually in school. So. And you were, uh, you're in the unique position as being, you know, in the highest uh, level of our kids that are in college right now, being a junior. So most of your classes, if not all of them are, are in your major, you're not taking really the general education classes. So th that is important. I know when you get to that point, you don't want to miss out on that stuff. I know we've talked uh, when I had Lindsay on the show, we were talking about um, if she ends up you know, being in online classes you know, next year, I would suggest just taking general ed classes. Oh, definitely. You know, just because those are really not going to matter as much. Yeah. So after you got home, you got through your classes. Um, I know you also had something lined up for this summer that, that kind of got messed with with the pandemic, too. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So as of last fall, fall of 2019, I was actively looking for an internship for the summertime. Uh, fortunately enough for me, I was able to land a job uh, at a company called Alliance Bernstein, and I was in Nashville for the summertime. Um, I remember going to the career fair at the University of Kentucky. They have it. They hold it in April or uh, September, excuse me. And 
I just remember walking upon their booth, talking to the other interns, um, some different type of program managers and things like that. And I just remember I, I just I was like, I need to work here. Like, please, please. And I went through a series of interviews. And um, yeah, fortunately enough, I was able to pass every round of interviews and they liked me enough to offer me a job. So all this time leading up to March before we got the news of everything I was planning, I was looking for housing. I was like, all right, I'm going to spend 10. It was a 10 week program. I spent 10 weeks in Nashville, pretty much the majority of my summer. I was so excited. Couldn't wait. I mean, I was just, I, I, I've never experienced something like that. So to have that opportunity was amazing. And I really look forward to having that opportunity to then see what full-time life would be like after I graduated and if that's the environment that I want to be in. Um, and I still think Nashville is probably going to be a strong candidate, but now I won't have that much of an experience to rely on when I'm making that decision, which is unfortunate, but we do the best of what we have. So yeah, it was a 10-week program initially, and then they moved it to a six-week program, still in person. So I got my housing down in Nashville and then, you know, some time passed and then it was unfortunately moved to all online. Um, I'm just glad that I still have a job because I know a lot of people, their internships were just, you know, disqualified. Yeah, they, canceled, yeah. yeah just totally canceled. Um, so I am grateful that I still have a job and I will have that experience. Um, I think they're going to do a great job and we'll make the best out of it as everyone has always been trying to do um yeah but it's just a huge blow and uh just gotta roll the punches yeah i know your mom and i were really excited for you because we could tell how excited you were about it because i mean nashville is the happening town and it has uh it has so much to offer and um i know you're you're very much into music so nashville's a wonderful place to be if you're into music whatsoever so yeah and i know it had to be kind of a tough situation and I know we've talked about it, but kind of hope that maybe with Nashville starting to reopen, maybe they'll they'll change their mind a little bit, maybe let you come in either a couple of days or maybe the last couple of weeks of the internship, something like that, because they do seem to be opening back up. I know some of the restaurants and stuff are already starting to open. Definitely. Yeah, I'm still holding on for hope. Um, I mean, it's nice that we're only an hour away on a good day of traffic. So, I mean, I'm not totally restricted. So I'm holding on, and we'll see how things play out. Um, I mean, you just got to keep your head up and make the best of what you got. So That's all you can do. That's a good attitude to have. So, Ben, go ahead and tell us about kind of what was going on. When did you first start to think that this pandemic was going to be a, a big deal? Uh, so I think it stuck with me a little later because I remember when everything happened, everything kind of shifted just in a few days. So before I knew it, I know we were getting ready to go into spring break, and I think University of Kentucky – from most colleges, I think, we started a, a week later, or at least in western Kentucky, where we're at now, in Bowling Green. But uh, I remember hearing all about it, and I didn't really know anything of it. And I went on my phone and went on the news and stuff, and I was like, oh, like, this is crazy. But I did not expect it to go to the scale it is now. So in just the manner of three days' time, right before spring break, I was going in thinking, okay, we're going to have a good spring break come back, get our classes going. And then they announced that it was all online. And I was kind of just like, like what? <laughs> it's kind of just kind of, kind of scary in a way. They just they didn't know what to expect, especially from the online classes. But uh, I'd say, especially where I am now in my freshman year, I think for this to happen, I'd much rather it happen now than later down the road. Especially as you were saying with Ethan, 
like he doesn't have any gen eds he's a little further into his career uh his academic career so with me it was a little different but uh so yeah going into spring break i didn't really i didn't really think much of it even halfway through spring break until they pretty they just kept pushing back and even when did they cancel like when did they push it all online. It, it was officially made sometime during spring break i don't know the okay. official date but i know we got the news that it was all going to be online and then you yeah. only had a week to get all of your stuff out of the dorm yeah that was that was the big thing that's when i i think that's when i like it really hit me because like okay they're like this is a real thing and like now i knew that like i actually had to take action and we had to go back up there and move all their stuff out and i even had to move uh some of ethan's stuff out so I think around that time when I was moving out of my dorm is when I was really like, okay, this is, this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things uh, your mom and I've talked about how, f- just how fast everything changed. I mean, within the matter of a week, if not a couple of days, pretty much everybody's world was turned upside yeah. down. And for the foreseeable future, we knew it was going to be different. Things were going to mm-hmm. be different, but it was still kind of hard to process. I think, you know, you, you first you're thinking now they're just, they're being, you know, over, they're overreacting. Mm-hmm. They didn't really need to shut things down. And then just as the days progress, you start, it starts sinking in you start processing. You're like, well, I guess they probably made the best you know decision. Yeah. They did need to, to shut this down. So what do you think about the online classes once you got home and started, started doing them? So at first I was kind of worried about them because like same with Ethan, I'd much rather prefer to be in an actual class environment with other students and the actual, and the professors going to an actual lecture. So I was kind of excited in one aspect to where they're online and I didn't really have set times. So I didn't have to pretty much wake up early and like have a specific schedule. So it was nice in a way that I still had school, but I was still kind of on a break. But um, after actually going through some classes and material, I realized that, especially with some of my general education courses, it wasn't really the same. You could tell the work kind of diminished, I guess, in like the quality and the, of the material and just the videos and lectures. But for some of the classes that I did really enjoy that were related to my major, so those were my career classes, uh, that was I think that was like the biggest fallout from the online classes. Because while we still had lectures and things like that, they just weren't the same as when I was actually at UK. So I still felt like I was uh, learning a good amount. And they were, they were, everybody was doing as best they can. I mean, it was a hard time for not only students, but professors to adjust their whole, uh, the, the rest of the semester pretty much with material and all the assignments. So, but I enjoyed parts of it, but I also didn't enjoy not being able to get my full semester's worth of class material and really learning and growing in the field. Cause especially during my freshman year, I mean, I'm really trying to figure out what I want to do. So taking those career classes is really helping me out. But now since they went online, it's kind of harder to get a grasp of what it actually is and what you're actually going to be doing. Sure. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I'm sure it was hard on the professors because there are, there are a lot of professors that you know may teach a few online classes, but I'm sure there's a lot of them that have not ever taught any online classes and to have to pivot in that short amount of time. Um, I know just with your mom being a teacher, they had a weekend to, to go mm-hmm. from, you know, in person to online classes and, you know, they're not used to doing that whatsoever. So I know it was just a huge change. Um, the one thing that I, I think all the, all the kids um, probably kind of have that, that same mindset that, 
they'd much rather have the in-person classes just because college is more than just academics. It's more than just studying, reading and learning. You do have that interaction with your you know, fellow students, you know, you get in the routine and, you know, getting up and going to the gym or going to get something to eat and all that kind of stuff. And it all meshes together to kind of make that whole college experience. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing, as you mentioned, is that, uh, that the kids did like is you didn't have to do anything at a set yeah. time. I know your mom and I were working from home and, you know, she gets up four o'clock in the morning. I get up at five o'clock and, uh, we're like, yeah, the kids, kids kind of getting up at the crack of noon here. Lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess that was one of the, one of the good points of it, I yeah. guess. Um, but then everybody'd be busy, you know, y'all upstairs doing your stuff and, uh, getting everything done. So, so cool. So, let me ask you both kind of what are your opinions as far as looking ahead? What's your gut telling you as far as, uh, do you think you're going to be going back to in-person classes here in August? I'd say it's pretty difficult to say just like it was right before spring break. It's like nobody really knew what was going to happen. So I think it's kind of still in the same scenario just because we're, we're pretty still early on. So I think at the end of the day, we will end up going back. But there's obviously going to be some precautions taken from the university. It's really just a matter of what the university is going to do to like do their part and prevent any more spreading. So it'll be interesting to see really just like how the classes and is everything's going to change. Like we saw how the world pretty much turned upside down and how everybody adapted to just staying inside and actually being quarantined. But now coming out of quarantine, I think that'll be an even more interesting adaptation. Sure. And yeah, what do you think, Ethan? Um, I don't know. I think time's an interesting thing. I mean, we saw within just one or two weeks that everything was torn apart and we were in this mess. So now we're going on upwards of two months into this. And, you know, we're probably uh, three three months and a few days away from starting classes for fall 2020. Um, so wishful thinking has me hoping that we will start in the fall um that'd be absolutely like the best thing ever um we'll not take it for granted one bit and i know uk they sent out an email they have different teams dedicated to solving different questions that are important and vital for the reopening of the university um i know one of them they talked about hybrid classes um, I know we discussed briefly, I threw that idea out there. Um, they said, you know, they're still looking at online classes. So they have a lot of resources dedicated towards the effort of opening up the university. Um, and I believe that they're going to do everything in their power. Um, I think it's mutually beneficial for everyone to open up. So if they can do it, I think they will. Um, but I think time will tell. And I think a lot can happen in three months. Yeah, I think everybody wants that to happen, like you said. And I, I know I'm sure UK has a lot of committees. I know I work for the city of Bowling Green. We have, you know, a, a COVID-19 committee and looking at how to reopen things. I've watched some, uh, some webinars on Facebook for, uh, Murray state. Lindsay's supposed to be heading there. You know, they talk about all their committees that they have and, and they have, you know, they, they have to, they have to look at, at being able to stay open, um, one thing that that I know that they're worried about because they've expressed that is that people aren't going to feel safe um, coming back, and they're afraid that enrollment is really going to drop. Yeah. So uh, especially if it ends up being that you're only going to be online classes. So if they did, if they came back a month before school starts and said, okay, we're, we're going to have to do online for another semester, 
was there any consideration? Have you it crossed your mind to think about? Oh, I, I really don't want to do that. I'm going to sit out a semester. Or yeah, um, especially I think I've thought about this a lot. It's because since I'm so early on too, like I I do I want to continue to get an actual college experience. And just like everybody else, half of the semester is kind of ripped away, no matter what grade level you're at. But especially since I'm really starting to branch into more of my upper level classes and like I said, fine tune and like get, get the general educations out of the way. Um, I think, I don't know, because I, I want to get ahead, but at the same time, I don't want to get ahead at the expense of either like one kind of waste, not, I don't want to say wasting money, but just not getting the most out of the money you're paying for school and the academics. Because it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not cheap at all. And being there, like you said, with being able to like go to the gym and have lacrosse season and just everything else, all the other like resources we have at our hands is very beneficial and is is just a different life. So and that's what I'd much rather prefer. That's what I'd really want, even though it may not be a possibility. So I'm it really hasn't like I said, they haven't really announced anything yet. So I haven't really had to make a decision. And as of now, it seems so far away, but I know it'll sneak up in a couple months and I'll have to really like seriously consider the options if they do go full online. Right. Summer seems to fly by uh, pretty quick. Yeah. What about you, Ethan, coming up on your senior year? Is that a consideration to kind of, you know, you're pretty much putting your life on hold for either a semester or or a year? Yeah. I think that question holds a lot more weight specifically to me just because where I'm at in college. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really just weighing the options. All right, you know, should I just continue and try to graduate on time and, you know, get on with my life? That's already going to happen either way within two or three semesters, given if I, you know, hang out for one semester or work and then start in the spring and then do an extra fall semester. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a really tough question. Like I said, you have to weigh those out. Um, I think one of the most unfortunate things, if it was online, is that we'd miss you know, the fall season of our lacrosse, but thankfully our main season is in spring. Um, so hopefully we'd be back by then. I don't know for me, I'd really, it would come down to, all right, how, how important is it for me to graduate spring 2020? Um, and then also if I wasn't online, what would I be doing instead? So if the only thing I would be doing instead of going to school is I would want to work. Um, so depending on the availability of work, then I would have to factor that into my decision of whether or not, but honestly, online classes, I mean, another factor is I do not want to pay the same amount of money that I pay for in person that I would have, um, for online. I think it should be incredibly like it should be cut in half if anything, if not more, and they um, charge extra for online classes. Yeah. You well, know, all the colleges, they, it's, it's extra for, for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's um, one of those things I feel very strongly about. But, yeah, I mean, I understand um, the financial burdens that the university has, and it's affected everybody. But, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's going to have to weigh in. You know, if we are all online, I mean, to pay the same tuition rate, I think, would be a little bit absurd. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just another thing that would weigh into my decision. So we can go into a whole conversation about that, but yeah, I think it's for me, I don't know. I'd really have to weigh. All right. How important is it for me to graduate in spring 2020? And then what will my prospects look like? I know like for the seniors that graduated just now, you know, 
all right, well, how is their job outlook? Probably not looking too hot. Yeah, depending on what your field is. I mean, there'll be some fields that, that it'll be a boom, but for the most part, I think, you know, you're looking at a tough situation. And that's one of the things that we were really, really happy about is that we didn't have anybody who was graduating from college this year. I mean, Lindsay graduated from high school, but she had finished up in December, so she was really already done. It didn't. Yeah. It, it's a, the only way it's really affected her is as far as graduation. They're not having their regular in-person graduation at this point. They're still saying they want to try to have it um, if they can, you know, legally or however safely do it before um, like August second or third. They still want to have it. They're going to have a virtual one here in a few weeks. But um, I think if you were a graduating senior this year. You would almost be like you had post-traumatic stress syndrome, I think, because you're just ripped out of the, you know, that last year of college or that last semester of college is just such a pivotal time. in in so many people, you've made friends at that point with these, you know, a lot of people, you've been there for four years, you've gone through all these experiences together, you go off on spring break, not knowing that you're, you know, a lot of them you may not, you'll, you'll never see again. That's got to be tough. So we were very thankful that we didn't have anybody in that exact situation. Um, you're talking up, uh, you brought up the point about what the job situation is going to look like. What do you think is going to be the economic impact long term, you know, from this whole pandemic? Yeah. So I've thought a lot about this, uh, especially because, I mean, it impacts everybody. Um, I mean, we've already discussed how it's impacted me for my internship. Okay, so I know we talked about delaying the fall of 2020, you know, going back to that previous question, it might be strategic for me to do an extra semester to let, you know, the economy reset a little bit, and then to hopefully have those jobs open up. Um, I mean, I think the economic impact, you know, I think one of the most important questions with all of this is, are we doing more harm than good with our quarantine for the people that aren't able to work? Are there people starving? Are the people that aren't able to take care of their children anymore? Um, I mean, that's an answer or that's a question I don't have an answer to. Um, but I think we're going to feel this for a long time coming. I, I look at this. I mean, I was a young kid when the recession happened 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, and I didn't really feel the impact of it. But now I'm kind of seeing like I feel like we're seeing a phase two of what happened. And so now that I can grasp it and feel it, the actual implications of it, um, it's it's been very sobering. And I think that it's going to take a long time for us to get back to any normalcy, um, especially with how people spend their money and things like that, especially in entertainment, just going out to eat at restaurants, everything like that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a long time until we reset. It is. And I know I read today, I know JCPenney filed for bankruptcy, you know, um, here in town, I know the White Squirrel Brewery has gone out of business due to this. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. Especially with the, I know the food business has such a thin margin, and if you know, like the white squirrel said, we can't open up and serve. They're you know, at first they were just going to be able to have thirty three percent capacity, and they're a pretty small place, so we can't make it on that, you know. And so they just decided to close their doors. So yeah, I think the economic impact is going to just be very very bad over the next several years. I know Bowling Green. Uh, working for the city government, we rely so much on occupational tax. That's 40% of our, our budget. And with so many businesses shut down, 
we're just not making that money. And a big part of our business here too is tourism with, you know, Lost River Cave. We have Beach Bend. We have the Corvette Museum. And there is nobody in the hotels right now. Um, you know, I've read several of them have three or four people in the whole place. And so that's just not making any money whatsoever. So I think the economic impact is going to be uh, going to be hard to watch. And let me get your thoughts. What do y'all think as far as how is this being handled from the all the way from the, the federal level to the state level to the local level? You know, what do you, what's your opinion? Do you think it's being handled as best they know how? Because you can turn on the TV and within an hour you can see five different opinions. Uh, you have people who saying, you know, we. We we're staying in lockdown too long, and then you've got a whole other side that's like, no, 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 we need to be in lockdown for another couple months. You're you know you're you're t- you're choosing money over people's lives by opening back up. And there's so much information that it's it's hard to even figure out what's true anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd say I don't know too much exactly on what uh, what they're doing at the federal level or the local or even state, just because I kind of has decided to like stray away from all the news because I feel like. It is very, although it's very important to look at a lot of it. I mean, it, it the news is sad and it gets depressing sometimes. So I don't know too much on the matter, but I know that every day, like you said, literally within the hour, there's new information. So and that's they make decisions based off of the new information every hour of every day, and obviously not everybody's going to agree with these decisions. But I do think that at the end of the day, at each level, they're going to make the decisions that they they think is best, you know, the bet, like they're going to have good intentions. I'd say for, at the end of the day for the majority of people, whether some people say it's to open up now and have that toll where, yeah, more people may die from that, but the long-term impact of the economy is more at stake. And it could be more important in the long run where you could have the view that now we need to stay in quarantine and save more lives. So I don't know exactly even what Kentucky's doing, but I hope that it just ends ends up being they just handle it the best they really can, you know, and it has as least of an impact as it can. So. Yeah, and that's what I I say. You know, none of the leaders that we have uh, in place today have had to go through anything like this. You know, nobody alive has had to handle this exact situation before uh, or anything close to it. So you hope to or try to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and hope that they're doing what they think is in the best interest. It may not turn out to be, but at least, you know, they're, they're making it that way. You hope they're not just um, doing it so they can, you know, for ulterior motives that they have their own agenda going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And it, it's hard when you have such a separated country and you have one side saying, you know, this whole pandemic was created to keep Trump from being reelected. And then you got the other side saying, you know, he's just worried about uh, opening the economy so he'll look good so he can get reelected. But we really need to stay close. You know, it's it's not a bad thing to not watch too much news because you can overdose on it for mm-hmm. sure. And it'll just bring you down. Yeah. <laughs> so you all mentioned um, one other thing you all mentioned is that your lacrosse season got interrupted rudely. So talk a little bit about um, about playing lacrosse. Both of you, 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 you both started playing at uh, a pretty young age. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I know I started right around uh, fifth grade, which I'm two years younger than Ethan here. So I'm freshman, going to be a sophomore. He's going to be a senior. So uh, we started around then and been playing pretty much ever since. I skipped like one year. And now that we're on into college, the UK has a club team. 
So while they're a D1 school, we don't have a full team, but they're a club organization. But it's pretty competitive, right? I mean, there's a lot oh, of yeah. guys to try out for the team. Oh, yeah. We've got on the roster, how many? Even like 40 like plus. Like 40, 40 guys on the roster? Yeah. You had, what, 100-something tryout? Oh, yeah. Yeah. there's it, It's insane. I think uh, especially just one because we're just such a big university. And we're not really – a lot of the students aren't just based just in Kentucky because Kentucky itself is – one probably one of the small states in the U.S. I'd imagine for lacrosse, the East Coast is huge, but uh, UK it draws students all over and even internationally. So we got guys coming in everywhere with a whole lot of talent. So it's definitely very competitive. So and just fortunate that we're we both get to be on the team together. So that's another awesome thing. That although this season got cut short, I still had uh, we have the fall season, which is pretty much uh, just like kind of warm up season. We call it fall ball. So we have a few games there. And then our actual season, as Ethan mentioned earlier, is uh, the spring. So that's when things really, the games start getting really serious and things start mattering. And we were about not even halfway through, I guess, because we only played like three actual games. Yeah. Or four, three or four, I think. And uh, fortunately, we went undefeated until then. But uh, it, yeah, it definitely, that was one of the big things that I think I felt like with the pandemic is I really love the season so far and what it's turned out to be. So, but I'm sure Ethan can speak a little more on it just since he's been around a little longer and he's been in the club organization, the club lacrosse team for another year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, our lacrosse history pretty much is the same. I mean, we've been throwing the stick in the ball in the backyard ever since we, I can remember when we were kids um, and nothing's really changed. We still go out of the backyard and do that, um, yeah. which is great about the sport. Um, I think one of the biggest impacts that, you know, really hits me hard is I feel so bad for the seniors because I truly believed, I mean, we were ranked number five in the nation. I truly believe that we were going to go and win it all. I remember, I mean, we always go and play in the playoff tournament. It's like you play in the elite eight and the final four, and then you make it to the championship. So we've never made it past a final four. I remember my freshman year, went to the Naval Academy um, in Annapolis, Maryland, and that was such a cool experience. And I was like, all right, we're going to do it again. No problem. And we're going to win this thing. Um, I, this is really the year to do it. And uh, that was cut short. And I feel terrible for all the seniors. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate. But here we are. And I think even next year coming out, I mean, I think everything is going to taste that much sweeter because we've been so deprived for so long. Um, and the cross is such a unique and special thing, especially with our team. I know as Ben was saying the individuals that we have on our team, we just have a bunch of superstars that didn't end up going anywhere. That's really what, what our team is. I mean, it's just kind of works and there's not really any structure to it. I mean, I think we're all just a bunch of kids that like playing the cross and we get together and, you know, we're able to put the ball in the net and it works. And so hopefully we keep that going. I think the program is headed in the right direction. Um, and eventually we'll get to where we want to go. I don't think, I think especially how, how everything's cut short this season, I think we'll be even hungrier than ever to come back next season. And uh, it'll be good fun. Well, we're looking forward to it. I know your mom and I really enjoy coming to watch the games. We kind of got deprived this year. Uh, you know, y'all had moved on uh, both to college. Amy decided not to play soccer this year. And all of a sudden, we didn't have any events to go to, you know, um, until the lacrosse season started up. And we enjoy, 
you know, going to watch the games. It's a fast paced game. If you don't know much about lacrosse, uh, just, just watch and you'll get hooked. It's, it's a very fast, exciting game. You know, I've been watching it for about five years now. Still don't know probably all the rules, but <laughs> I think I know most of them. And your mom will turn to me and she's like, what, what did he do? What was the penalty? I'm like, you've been watching this a lot. <laughs> what are you asking me for? But, but, uh, but we do. We have a lot of fun. We're really proud of you guys. Um, not only for cross, but you're both doing very well in school. You, you both take it very seriously. You're not up there. You know, we don't. Uh, we're not one of the parents that worry about getting a call in the middle of the night from the campus police. You know, saying <laughs> you know something's going on. So, so kudos to you guys for that. Really, Wait, really. So you're pretty- telling me you didn't get the one? <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to ask your mom about something? Did I, did I not hear the phone ring? <laughs> oh. Uh, not saying it may not happen someday <laughs> with one got, of the kids. We don't know. I got three years. Amy's got four. Lindsay's yep. got four. Yeah. Dakota, you never know with him. Yeah. <laughs> he hangs out with Will. You never know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but we are really proud of you guys and how serious you take uh, school. You're very good students. We have um, nothing but faith in you guys that you're going to do well. You're going to graduate. You're going to going to find your niche in the world and, and what your talents lie and I'm uh, just very excited about that to watch and, and see as you, you guys grow. You know, I've only been in your lives about six years now, um, but it's been neat to see you guys grow up and you know becoming the, becoming the young man that you are today. And just appreciate you guys very much. And thank you all so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lifting with Larry, What's Your Story? If you enjoy the podcast, please take a few minutes to go out and rate and review the show at Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening to this right now. As always, stay safe out there and God bless. Thank you for listening to Lifting with Larry. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to LiftingWithLarry.com. Lifting with Larry.